Welcome to the Vet Space Ireland podcast with your hosts Michelle Maguire and Hazel Mullins. Vet Space Ireland's main aim is to entertain, inform, engage, and inspire. On this episode of the podcast, we have none other than Owen Ryan, lecturer in farm animal clinical studies in UCD, European veterinary specialist in bovine health management, and an all-round absolute legend. So without further ado, welcome Owen Ryan. Hi Owen, how are you? Nice to have you on the Vet Space podcast. Hey Owen. Thanks a million for the invite uh, to both of you. Like, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great initiative you're doing. So fair play to you and congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. We, you. Wanted a, we wanted a big name and you came to, to mind. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but you've definitely been a topic of discussion on many occasions. So I said to Hazel, "We have to get Owen Ryan on because yeah, yeah. who is this famous person? <laughs> I need to meet him. Who is the man behind the legend? Yeah, I'm always at a disadvantage because I'm not a vet and I never went to UCD. So I'm like, oh, okay, we have to get Owen Ryan on." <laughs> Well, as a non-UCD student myself, I definitely um, was like, you know, minute I came back to Ireland, it was all Owen Ryan. I couldn't, uh, you couldn't avoid him. So it was That's just because the country is so small. <laughs> and, and, and as you said, like, um, normally the basis of a legend is a small bit of truth and a, a lot of fiction. That's not uh, well, well, we'll get through all the truth then in a minute and see what's what's real and what's not. But um, oh no, we're delighted to have you on, and we look. We just want to look. Maybe people don't know, you know, where you're from and your background and how you ended up where you are now, because I see you're synonymous with me, and you know, your your bovine specialist as well, and and you know, we just want to get get to know the real own Ryan. So if you want to just take us through your your kind of veterinary journey and. Um, let us know how it all began. Well, I suppose I I qualified in 2001. Um, so I, I started in 1996. Um, so it's a long time ago now. I, I'm actually 20 years qualified this year, this June. So Ooh. it's a, it'll be an anniversary year if we ever get a chance with COVID. I know. And, and I hope we will. I hope we will get a chance to meet up. Um, and that was actually, it was that foot and mouth year, uh, 2001. So in our final year, actually, for a good bit of our final year, we had no animals, no no large animals or anything like that at all, um, which was which was interesting. So then we, we qualified in June. And then um, I worked in with Tom Cumberford in Dundrum Veterinary Clinic in Tipperary. So I didn't go too far from home, but more down close to where, where Michelle is from there. Yeah, I know Tom. And, and uh, I was very lucky. It was a, it was a great place to start. It was one and two rota. Um, so. You know, it was you, you learned a lot uh, quick, mm-hmm. and it was heavy clinical work. Nearly all farm animals, but it was a great start. It was a good mix of suckler and dairy. It's very small bit amount of sheep, not much, and a bit of horses, which was nice. And then, um, being the younger fella, I would have been doing most of the small animals as well uh, at the time. So it was a good start, good mix. Um, during that year, then um, probably. 10 maybe eight to ten months into it um i i probably picked up i it's hard to place it but somewhere towards around maybe 10 months in uh, in the middle of the spring i would have calved a few a few animals that would have been aborting uh, and so that spring i picked up brucellosis and uh, that time was rife in the country so by the summer time 
uh, 12 months after I qualified, I was pretty, pretty shook with that, mm. pretty sick with that. Um, so that, that's, that's not a nice, not a nice uh, sort of a disease. A lot of the older vets would have had it. So you get these, what they used to call undulant fever, night sweats and all this type of thing. And you get out of the car, stand up, and you could fall over with dizziness and things. I remember actually falling in between a horse's legs once. Front and back legs, and I think that was the. <laughs> I decided to go to the doctor at that stage. It's a wicked call. Yeah, so like so people talk about zoonotic diseases, you know, and I suppose we were all a bit blasé. But I think, like I mean, I definitely always wore gowns, gloves, the whole lot. But it's the tails across the face, and I think it's probably would have got it from one of the After that, then during the six weeks when I was on antibiotics um uh, i suppose i thought a change might be no harm so then i went back and did a farmland internship here in ucd um, it was sort of half in my mind anyway but um it was good for good for a change i thought so and then that went very well and i found that i liked the teaching a lot and i the experience was great it was uh, it was like being a student again you know in some ways it was great and so I was spoiled that year and at the end of that then it just so happened that um, that Anne Healy was was uh, on a sabbatical so that there was a job there so I walked into that as a clinical scholar and in that that's that was it for three years I was working in the in the hospital here and um, just doing all the clinical work and working with the finders and teaching and stuff so that was sort of like an ideal type job it's uh you know, none of the, the hassle, none of the administration or nothing, just pure clinical work and teaching. So that was great. Um, at the end of that, then, that would have been around the end of 2006. Um, that came to the end and I went back to practice for four years and I worked in World Care Veterinary Clinic uh, based there. In, that's, I was based in between Newport and Capamore. So I was working half in Limerick and, and a bit in Tip. Um, so on the board, so that's actually quite close to home, um, would be the local practice to home, to be honest. Um, and that was great. I worked with great people there as well, with, um, you know, John Berkeley and Brian Ryan and Sean Coffey and all those sort of great vets there as well. So I was very lucky, very, very lucky. And, and I actually had seen most of my practice there as a, as a, as a student with Packy Ryan, and that's basically where I learned everything, to be honest. Um, so that was great. At the end of that, then... After about four years, I got a call one day from Luke O'Grady, who you might know, he, he was a lecturer here as well in UCD, who said that there was a residency going if I was interested, because we would always been friends, great friends. And uh, and so I did, I went back and I did that. And that was the residency he had already done, to, you know, this bovine health management speciality. So I, I, I was definitely interested in it. And I went back and I did that. So that took two and a half, three years and got the exams and that in 2013 and at the same time I finished the Masters um, which I had started before I left for Mulcair but I didn't finish which is never a nice thing to do so I got a chance to finish that as well and um, and then in around 2015 then, um, I got a lecturer job and that's sort of what I've been doing since um, so to be honest, um, I, 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 was, I was very lucky in, in many ways in the work side of things anyway. Worked hard though too only, you know. I think uh, yeah, but I don't think there's any, no. there's nobody in vet who doesn't work hard. Mm. But very few anyway, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think, you know, you're, I 
suppose you, you obviously have a love of education and you know further education and teaching and I think um I think as a student in my past long time ago you'd always you know always know the vets that just love to teach and you'd kind of be you know you know to stick around with them and I think you know fair play to you for following that kind of no, long. Yeah, like there's, 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 there's no, I definitely, I definitely um, liked it. And if you like something and you're half okay or fairly good at it, you're, you're dearly as well to follow it. Like I'd be the world's worst then on the other side, say the business side, you know. So, um, like if, if I had tried to buy in as a partner or something somewhere, um, I'd probably, I'd have to leave all the business stuff to somebody else. Like, I'd be doing the work. And then the technical side and all that might be no good on the business side, you know. So everyone has their strengths, but everyone has their weaknesses too. And like, the lovely scanners and they'd be all these fancy equipment and you'd be like, oh, I have to pay for them. That's it. <laughs> exactly. I'd be the same. I'm, I'm like, I'd be shopping. I'd be sh- I, I, uh, I, just, I don't have a business brain either. Michelle knows that. I wouldn't, uh, definitely not one of my strong points. Uh, I but, uh, and were you bored? So, and uh, like we would have had about 30, 35 suckler cows uh, growing up, mix of short turns and every sort of a breed. Um, we'd be from a sort of a hilly, mountainy type area, um, and so the suckers were a good fit from that point of view. Um, and it's amazing actually to think of it, um, it'd be very hard to actually educate three sons now on the farm that we had compared to what we were able to, to do then, like, you know, so the parents did some job to be able to do it. But yeah, so reared and reared with cattle, basically. And that was my, my I suppose, my young life and year was on the farm mm-hmm. and hurling, I suppose, every the two things, really. Sport, <laughs> sport and farming. Obviously, really. obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tip, man. Although any, any sport, to be honest, any sport, to be honest, but horse racing or rugby or anything, really. But uh, hurling number one, yeah. And was veterinary always on the cards then? Was it always something that you kind of had in the back of your mind? It would have been high up the list, yeah. It would have been, would have been. Mm-hmm. I suppose uh, you wouldn't have too many visitors to to a farm, you know, when you're living up high in the mountains. Like, so the vet would have been the one person who would come every year or a few times a year with sick animals. And and the parents always would have had a great respect for a vet. And something like that sort of rubs off on you when you're young then, you know. Um, when you associate respect with a particular profession uh, and your parents will be respectful of that, that uh, that puts it in a higher place in your mind then as well, doesn't it? Do you know, that, that's, that's, I think, where it came from. And then I think we were all, we were all attracted as well. We all creatures great and small and all, all those type of things like the books and the, and, the, and, and the films and everything, you know. Have you seen any of the new series? I have, yeah. I've seen, I've seen about the first five or six of them there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's good. And it took me two or three episodes to warm to it because they're new people. Yeah. But, but it's, it's good now, yeah. I was talking to an old colleague of mine and uh, he wasn't impressed. Yeah, he wasn't I, the same. I can imagine that. <laughs> you have to warm. It's very different. You know, but it's good. It's good that these programs are out there and giving, you know, just a little bit of inspiration to, to people. And, and, you know, maybe it's, right. it's not quite what we're doing right now, but it's nice to probably be nostalgic as well. And, you <laughs> That's know. That's it. <laughs> I know you're definitely you're dead right. Like um, it is. And it's nice to be positive about everything. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's our aim here at, at uh, Vet Space Ireland to yeah. try and 
to try and increase the positivity in the, in the veterinary world. So, um, Michelle, do you want to? Yeah, um, I suppose, seeing as we're talking about positive things, uh, one of the questions for the opposite of that, one of the questions we had written down was, what do you think are one of the challenges at the moment facing the veterinary industry, in your opinion, or are there any? Uh, well, there's there's a lot there's a lot of lot of challenges to be honest. Um, I suppose there's a few very obvious ones, and and it's going to be big changes from next January, of course, with the legislation, you know, the European legislation around medicines, animal medicines, yeah, in next January. So that's that's going to be big. It's not going to be simple for on the ground, and um, a big challenge for vets there. And there's a lot of been there be, be an awful lot of responsibility put on the shoulders of vets there uh, around prescribing and everything. And you know, um, in terms of say dry cow antibiotics or milk and cow tubes and all that, especially during the first year or two, it won't be simple because yeah. you still have nearly 50% of the herds, for example, that don't do milk recording. And until those things speed up, it's going to be hard on vets to, to, to do their, 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 their stuff. And, and then you've got the the issues of resistance and antimicrobials, antiparasitic, and all those things which are playing a part there. So that that is a challenge. I think another challenge then is um, I know a lot of practices are saying they're finding it hard to to recruit vets and, and retain vets as well. So there's sort of like an issue there around retention and recruitment as well of vets um, for a number of reasons. There's no doubt about that. And then you've got issues maybe about um, will practice be sustainable particularly in the more rural parts of the country into the future. For example, farm animal veterinary services in those areas and all those type of things. So there, I suppose there are sort of local challenges to particular particular areas too. Um, you know, I, I know under retention and recruitment thing then, I suppose, um, so we might be bringing out something on that later in the year, but you can sort of imagine the, the type of things which are important there. You know, yeah. and that that make a that that make a difference, you know, um, and uh, there's certainly there's certainly a need there's certainly a need for a big a big sort of discussion in the in the profession about what we can all do together. Yeah. To make sure that practices are veterinary practices are viable going forward. That and maybe there might be a need for a business a change in the way the, the structure or the model of of practice that we that we that we have. So that we we can maintain incomes and everything for for people, you know. Yeah. You know, and you know, there's there's um there's issues around the change in nature of the profession as well in terms of gender and everything too, and and also there's a slight discrepancy there uh, in terms of equality, and I think that's a bit of a challenge as well, which will have to be faced. Yeah, I wish it was slight. Well, you're, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Um, unfortunately, as somebody who has worked, yeah. you know, from the business side of things, you can see it. Yeah. You know, if you are a female of a certain age, you are instantaneously at a disadvantage. You are most likely going to be paid less than your male counterparts. Um, you yeah. know, but anyway, that's a whole you different know, day's discussion. I, 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 I would say that um, it's not even... It, it definitely does get worse with age, yeah. But um, it's there from day one. Yeah. It is. But I mean, there, uh, the problem is, is if you're of a potential age where practices might think that you're going to get married and have children, you are 
if you're younger, you have a better chance because they're like, oh, maybe she's not ready yet. They just don't want to have to deal with the maternity thing, which you can understand from a business point of view. But it's and people don't say it, but they instantly go, oh, I can't I can't deal with that. And yeah. that's a huge problem with, with a huge female population of vets. Yeah. And it's something that um, that I'm 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 uh, I'm not that well open because I've never I've only ever worked in Ireland, but. People do say to me, all right, that uh, people who have worked in, say, the UK and other places, that it's a little bit better structured over there. Mm. So there's probably some things that we could learn yeah, and, yeah. and try and bring over here. And, and maybe you, you probably might have more experience than me of that. We definitely need to highlight it as an issue. Well, no, I, I, when I was in Denmark, there was, I went, I went for a week to do place, just actually two years ago. So I was, I was a practicing vet not a student and I went just to kind of see things over there and uh, I had a contact and I went and and in fairness there was two I think there was 10 vets large animal vets I'd say eight of them were were female and a lot of them had children and married and it was just so inspirational to see them still working with kids collecting them from school they worked from nine to three and then they had from three o'clock on then off and they did on call but it was it was only obviously like one in 10. So they were able to get kind of cover, you know, obviously maybe from their partners or whatnot, but yeah, it just worked that they said they, they'd start the minute, the, like they used to drop their kids early in the morning. So they'd start at seven, a lot of them, and then they'd finish at three. And then they have the whole evening then with their children. And it was the first time that I saw that, okay, maybe there is things that we could do differently in the large animal side of things anyway, at least, you know, and, and the small, but I think things are moving a little bit in the small, but I, I do think um, like there's a lot of large animal vets that are female. Um, and yeah, I do agree with Michelle this, this, and you yeah. all. And I think what I, what I, when I talk to new graduate vets out and that, like a lot of what they say is they're going to spend two years in, in large animal practice. That's what they have pigeonholed in their head. They're like, I want to get that experience. And everybody says, no matter what they want to go in, you know, no matter what their eventual career path or plan is, they're like, well, I'm going to do two years in mixed practice and that's going to set me up and I'll be ready for, you know, they want to have that large animal experience where, as you know, lads, you're out in the field and you have a problem and you only have what's in your van to fix it. And they want to learn all that. But then once the two years is up, they're ready to move on. And you know, and there's nobody staying. I think it's five years, is it? Is the max now for a large animal, on average, a large animal vet in Ireland, five years in practice. Is that right? That yeah. Right? Okay. It's, yeah. Well, anyway, that's what Fit Space is here for. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How can we make it better and mm. keep people in veterinary um, in an industry that gives us all jobs, thankfully? Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And, it's it's going to have to be as an industry that we come far, isn't it? Like it's not yeah. um, it's not employers versus employees. Much it has to be everyone. Like the practices will have to survive as well. You know? Yeah. It's, like you know, it's a, it's some it's some that might be a bigger change in sort of the structure of practices and all that type of thing going forward. Maybe. Yeah. Do you find um, with your students now on that is there more or less interested in large animal or has it stayed steady or is there more people maybe from non-farming backgrounds kind of coming, you know, towards the large animal side as well, or what, what kind of trends do you see with the students? I suppose I, I see, or I, I think I see anyway, mm. a lot, a good bit of interest all the time in farm and, and certainly in a desire to do a mixed upon qualification. Mm -hmm. Um, it's quite interesting. A good bit of the 
a lot of the Canadians as well would be big into the into the farm animals, you know, and so we're, we're getting quite a quite a few um, through as well from North America, and they'd be big into it as well. So if you add all those in, then there's there's quite a lot. There's quite a lot. The the, the thing, as you said, though, is um, it, it, maybe it's mixed more than pure farm. Yeah. As to want to do farm and nothing else farm. It, it's probably more mixed than that. But um, the quality, I don't think the quality is as good as ever. I think it, it, it's um, it, it is it, it is is interesting to see though that there's um, there's vet schools springing up all over the place, and yet and there seems to be quite a lot of jobs if you look at any any journal. Say if you look at the Veterinary Iron Journal there and you see it, I think I just counted today there was 116 vet jobs currently mm-hmm. there advertised just today mm-hmm. we'll say online, uh, which is serious amount of serious amount of jobs yeah um so it's it's interesting and i think oh, there's a few things are linked are linked together there um i would be worried myself in the long term that uh, eventually it could flood the market with too many um too many vet schools if if there's another one going to open in north england and then there's going to be one in northern ireland as well you have a serious amount of of graduates, I just would hope that um, that there'll be a certain ceiling as well, and that otherwise it'll put serious pressure on on salaries. I would have thought. Where in North England are they hope are they thinking of? Um, is I think there's isn't is there one? Um, it wouldn't be far from Liverpool, okay. as far as I know. That mm. up that neck of the woods. Um, yeah. I can't. I can't remember the name of it now, but up, up that neck of the woods there. So I think they were worried when Curry yeah. was, was, was announced, and, and but I think there's, there seems to be jobs for, it doesn't seem to have affected, but I suppose in England there's just so many, so many jobs as well. And I, I definitely, like when I qualified, in, yeah. in when I looked at the Veterinary Journal, I'd say when I qualified in 2013, I'd say if there was 20 jobs on the whole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was dismal now to be honest yeah oh yeah and 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 think things do cycle don't they, mm. they cycle you know and uh, so there'll be there'll be, a, there'll be a reversal at some stage yeah. the, only, the other thing though is that the small companion animal medicine in ireland is growing at an exponential rate so it's very difficult i think a lot of practices are struggling to you know the service now the level of service that's expected by customers is you know, completely different to the one that that they maybe expected ten or fifteen years ago. So they they want yeah. to have full time companion animal vets now. You know, like not even they don't want to see a vet coming in in, in muck boots to treat their dog. Do you know, they kind of want to see you there your nice pink scrubs yeah, that's, that's, and exactly, yeah, yeah, um, and, and they'd hope for a veterinary nurse there as well or something. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. So, I, you're, you're dead right. You're dead right. Maybe a lot of the jobs are in that area. I think the, the other thing that has affected jobs in the last maybe four or five years here as well is there's been a, a serious draw uh, from practice into into the department as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Brexit probably, as well affected that as well, didn't it? A lot. Yeah, there's probably what, 150 vets gone that way, I'd say. Wow, Seriously. that's a lot. That is, yeah. That is, yeah. yeah. So, Owen, seeing as we're talking about employment, um, any tips for your new graduate vets now who are getting ready to come out into the job market? And what are your top tips for getting their first job or starting their first job? Or uh, I, well, I, I, panic? <laughs> I think the most important thing of all is is people, people and relationships. Like you, 
if you'd probably get by in a one and two or one and three if if the people you're working with are nice and you could be working in a one and seven practice and if they're not nice it could be just not an enjoyable year either so i think i think the people and, and the relationships and the people that are in the practice they're the most important so um what i always tell tell uh, the vets is that you know you go for an interview and if you like a spot um try and ring somebody who might know them ring us and we might give an, a, an opinion if we know them ring somebody else who was there before as well try and get a bit of information that way and if if they're sound that's number one i think that's number one other, other than that then um fear's important too um it's it's very it, it's actually very very lonely going from being in college generally to your first year in practice especially if you're in a smaller practice uh, I, I think um but for, for for all the rest of us it was and so it's fierce important to keep in contact with your friends and it's fierce important as well to to have people to ring when you need advice uh, and and that's mainly advice around cases you know so if there's somebody else in the practice that you you get on with just you know ring them lots and don't be afraid to ring um you know it's it's always it's always a little bit um of an issue with confidence when you're starting off isn't it that uh, you 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 have a feeling in your head you should know and all mm. the rest of them will know and you, you you forget like that there's there's such a thing called experience which is learning with time uh, and you can't be expected to know everything on day one but you, you have this feeling that you should uh, which isn't realistic like and you're putting too much pressure on yourself so from that point of view i think you should never be afraid to to ring and ask other people I suppose that's some degree of mentorship, isn't it? So I think um, a practice that offers some degree of mentorship and actually even mention something like that during an interview is usually a good sign. Usually a good sign. So they'd be the things I'd be I'd be most advised in the first year anyway. Um, I think those things are really important. Do you know there's there's not as there's, there's always other things like um, such as you know salary and on call or it's not that type of thing but they're maybe not quite as important in your first year mm. I think that's you know I think when you say to ring other people in your practice or your friends you know I think even don't be afraid to ring even if they're your boss because yeah. it's much worse if you don't ring and something happens like they want to help you they're not thinking god like why doesn't she know this you know she's like I use I definitely had a, a good few sneaky phone calls getting something from the back of the van and oh, like, like <laughs> hi, hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I give here or what do you think? Or else having like all my college notes under the seat of the van and bringing them out and going through, like getting to the page where exactly I knew where it was, like how to treat listeriosis or whatever it was. And like, we've all done it. And we all, you just need to get, you need to get over the embarrassment of it and just go with it <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah nobody knows everything and sure aren't we all learning every day still every day uh, how many mistakes do <laughs> i know <laughs> speaking for myself how many mistakes do you all do you make yeah. you know and it's um you can't you can't know everything and uh yeah not not to put that pressure on yourself yeah that that i think that's very important yeah yeah good advice so, excellent advice and hopefully we'll be running maybe um our new grad month again soon as well. So stay tuned if, if any new grads out there were trying to do something to help you out for the month of June, maybe again, because that was a good success last year. But um, so Owen, what do you do outside of veterinary and UCD 
to kind of unwind and maybe like, you know, pre-COVID times, what is, you know, what's your way of, of de-stressing and, and kind of oh, connecting with the real world? <laughs> I, I'm a disaster. Like I'm the worst, worst to be asking that type of question. Um, like I go home, I go home and I work on the farm um, when I'm not working up here. So I sort of do a one and two road that way. And um, there isn't a lot else apart from sport in my life. There's not a else apart from sport, reading, and swords, I suppose, with the only thing. So, like, oh, uh, tell us more yeah. about swords. I'm sure I have a collection of swords Seriously? there. <laughs> I love the way you said that. Ah, sure. Swords. Collection of swords there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> any, any amount. Any amount. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, office, the office is full of swords oh, of, of all types, you know. You just oh, like, for, more. every <laughs> Whatever happens yeah. if something goes wrong and someone gets murdered and the guard will oh. turn up and if somebody if somebody ever attacks the vet school here, I'll charge out with a sword and I'll give some of my colleagues all go out and we'll with we'll, we'll yeah. with swords. And where did this um, collection start? Where did this? Um, probably the first one was uh, my first girlfriend. She gave me a sword because she knew I was into swords. <laughs> right. yeah. uh, I love it. Uh, yeah. yeah. But then again, sure, my 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 um, my choice of reading would be the same. Be all into the fantasy. Oh know? really? Yeah. Oh very good. Game, yeah. of, Game, of, Game of Thrones, Thrones. Lord yeah. of Thrones, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Very good. good. Yeah. Well, there's something you mightn't have known about, unless you've been into <laughs> Owen Ryan's office and seen all the, yeah. the boards. Probably most people have. So, Owen, what are you reading at the minute then? Tell us. Well, at the minute, um, I've just finished David Gemmell's books. I've gone through about 20 of those, and he's a, a writer of fantasy. Um, so, the Regente series was the last series I read of his. And then at the minute, I'm on a QI book. Um, oh, yeah. Also reading about uh, um, you know Stephen Fry's books. He's yeah. got a couple there. On the recent, most recent one is a Norse mythology, but he oh, had one, had one called Mythos, which was on Greek. Greek. And, uh, yeah. So they're all that sort of mythology is is interesting as well. Very so, interesting. Oh. Reading at the minute. Nothing anyway veterinary related, of course. Good. I should find good, 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 my, good. my knowledge. That's but. <laughs> yeah, that's we want to know what you do to keep yourself sane outside of veterinary. Yeah. So. And I totally understand that going home to the farm as well. You know, I go home to de-stress and, and milk the cows and help dad as well. And I know it's kind of like going from cows to cows, but it's kind of different yeah. when you go home to your own farm because I suppose they mean like they're yours and they, you know, they, they just, and you're just helping. I just love the satisfaction of helping my dad as well. So I, I understand that kind of de-stressor as well, you know. That's it, yeah. Like this this weekend, though, is to castrate the yearlings, oh. so that won't be a, a small job. So, um, <laughs> I'd probably yeah, be missing always... that weekend, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I was take some sedation with me. Oh my god, um, plenty. You know, and, and after that, then it's it's um, sport, mm. like it's watching sport, watching sport at home mainly, but uh, uh, up here, you know, yeah. following big into racing, horse racing, like Cheltenham week would be my favorite week of the year. It's a good Very week good this year. Yeah. Yeah, and sure, another tip woman, Rachel, yeah. is flying the flag now at the minute, isn't she? Yeah, killing all women, yeah. That's it. Yeah, she was amazing. Um, winning the national as well, like that was just 
class. Unbelievable, yeah. Yeah. I miss going. Do you, would you go to race meetings, Owen, if you had? Uh, like my brother, my brother before COVID, he'd hardly ever miss. Um, but I, I would typically go, go home and, and I tend to watch it on TV as such. Okay. It was only ever checked up once. One six out of seven misses in second and third one. So I, I won enough money that day to pay for the whole <laughs> trip plus a trip as well. So that was uh, that was a great day. Other than that, Leopardstown at Christmas or Leopardstown in, in, in the spring. Anyone sees Owen Ryan in the stand in a race meeting, just stand next to him and just follow him to the bookies and do what he's doing. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be careful. <laughs> with, yeah. with the Hopefully now. when... I wouldn't say that I'm, actually, I wouldn't say that I'm on top now. I'm well behind. <laughs> it's hard to stay on top of it though. Because I, I used to be really into it. And then, you know, I think kind of, you know, job takes over and whatnot, but I really do. I miss going to horse racing, actually. I, that's one thing now that I'm going to really, yeah. like, I've never been to Leprosown at Christmas. And and last Christmas was my first Christmas where I had a couple of days off that I could have gone. Yeah. And it wasn't done. So. Yeah, it's always yeah. so cold, though. That's the only thing about Leprosown at Christmas. This is yeah. Baltic. It is, it is, yeah. That's right, yeah. Uh, or, or Limerick, well, Limerick is Baltic as well. Oh, Limerick is cold, yeah. Yeah, maybe we Galway go to yeah Galway or Pontchartrain yeah. in the summer where it's nice Pontchistown, weather. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle, we should have a vet space race meeting. I was just going to say, let's, a good idea. when COVID is over, <laughs> let's have a vet space race outing. You can have a vet space racing club where we all yeah. take care of a horse. <laughs> yeah, we go on the syndicate, the vet space. Exactly. Oh, that'll be class. Yeah, look, there's another thing now for post COVID. We have to get some social activities going in a big way. Speaking of social activities, um, Owen, I know with your job and stuff, you go to a lot of conferences and things. I've met you at a couple of them, and, and yeah. it's definitely something I'm missing at the moment. Would you, is it going, you know, meeting all, all the colleagues? I do, then... yeah. I do, yeah. I've been the, the only time it'd be. Um, Going abroad, mm. really, and up for holidays. So it's yeah, you miss it, um, and uh, it's always better when you're not speaking, or if you once if you are speaking once that's done, then it's it's twice enjoyable. Yeah. You can grow it and you can enjoy yourself and learn something at the same time. Um, but, and conferences are great, like you know, for for anyone after they qualify, I definitely advise lots of CV, lots of conferences and stuff, and you know you'll enjoy it. You'll meet up with other people and. Uh, uh, and you'll learn at the same time so it's a, it's a win-win yeah I definitely agree to try and do your CBD like somewhere you know do go to these abroad place you know conferences and stuff it's it's I love them yeah I really get a good kick out of them and I love seeing new places as well and just you know, hopefully we'll get back there soon and yeah I suppose I suppose there mightn't be a physical conference this mm, this year would you say 2021 Probably not, mm. but hopefully, not in hopefully Ireland anyway. No. Yeah. I see the London yeah. Vet Show, which is a companion animal conference, is looking it's is apparently going ahead, but I don't know. When is that? I suppose they'll have, they'll have, they'll have most November. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, November, yeah. They'll have all the vaccination done, won't they? Yeah. And will you be able to go then if you're vaccinated? That's the big question, isn't it? Show your show your passport at the door. Yeah. Kind of yeah. You'd imagine you'd you be, be able to go. So, Owen, what would you say has been your biggest life lesson so far? Getting a bit deep now again. <laughs> After the sword talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose, I suppose that, uh, you'd, have, you'd have a few, but um, that work isn't really what it 
it's all about either. It's uh, it's probably life is more about people uh, and relationships, and that's actually more important at the end of the day. Mm. And if you if you forget that side of things, work won't work won't fill the hole. I think that's that's definitely the truth. Mm. Other than that, then try and develop a bit of work life balance if you can. Um, but just very very much remember like that um, mm. it's all about people. The real theme of your of your answers, actually, Owen, it's lovely just to to focus yeah. on in your life. Isn't like in all in all walks of life, you know. I mean, we're we're not. I don't think we're meant to be solitary people, you know, or beings as such. We're sort of a herd animal ourselves, aren't we? You know, and um, like if if you have good people who you work with, good people who you live with, good people who you are your friends. That's what makes your life worth living. That's what brings you happiness. Uh, and if you don't have that, um, happiness is hard to find. That oh, is I'm just like, so nice. Oh, so lovely. <laughs> oh, so true. And I think that, oh, and I think it's a really, I'm really glad that you said something like that because I think maybe we all lose sight of that from time to time. You know, when we're trying to get things done and when we're beating ourselves up because we haven't done enough. And, you know, so like, I think that was, yeah, I needed to hear that today anyway. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, thank you, Owen. I think we'll we'll be replaying this podcast when we're having a, you know, having one of those days when you need to put life in perspective and think about the important things, you know. Um, but definitely no, I think, and we meet so many people in all different aspects of our life, and everyone has a combat, you know not just other vets or you know who you work with there's so many other people and you know it's even the farmers like and your clients and everyone becomes part of your life and, and I find that with changing jobs I don't know I feel it's like nice, yeah. I feel like you kind of lose like you're not even I'd say in touch with a lot of you know your your work friends but like a lot of the farmers that you'd form such relationships with it's like a breakup and it's, it's you know it's, 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 it's a real tough part of, of of veterinary to be honest because you've become so connected with people and then you have to go and become connected with a whole other group of people that and like yeah you, you still you know talk to them or it's even you know at other times in your life but like I even find like farmers be so so close with now I might meet them maybe somewhere strange that I'm not really expecting to see them and I can't remember their name but I know exactly where they live <laughs> how I treat it there they're they've got three children their wife is a, you know is a nurse and and and, and yeah so it's all these connections like I think that's a, a really positive part of our job as well is all the connections we make that is true yeah you're influencing a lot of lives aren't yeah. you like and you would especially out in practice like big time you're, you're meeting a lot of people or influence a lot of lives and and their influence your lives as well you know so. and we've been very lucky with vet space as well it's given us a great opportunity to meet lots of great people hasn't it hazel yeah we have some lunatics in the community as well <laughs> but yeah <laughs> and we've had some very gas conversations um yeah probably a lot of it not on the official records as well but yeah we've been very lucky it's definitely opened our eyes though to how similar we all are really and how we all just want a certain thing and and want a certain you know values in life and you know it's just sometimes the like work and pressure and everything else can just kind of come on top of that and and but yeah I think you're right you just have to remember who's in your life yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and and that's 
when when things are going bad, then like um, there are the things that'll help you bring you out of it, like those relationships and those people, mm-hmm. people you can rely on. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it's 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 um, it's hard even just to say how important it is, really, it is. isn't it? Like you yeah. know. Yeah, and you're so lucky, Owen. You get to meet so many people at that kind of um, age where you can influence so many people. You know, that's a real, you know, blessing as well. You know, it's a it's oh, really it honour for you to yeah. do that. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's one of the attractions of the job. There's no doubt. Like, um, I, I, I'm in, I'm Steve, and look to have the job I have. It's it's a great job. Like, uh, you know, as you say, you work with so many different people, and. Yeah. Uh, you do clinical work then as well and you can do a bit of research if you want as well and just to teach it on top of it. So it's a, it's a great job. It is a great, mm-hmm. yeah, this, this job is a great job. Well, you're tagged in a lot of Instagram photographs, you know, the large animal uh, surgery and you're all together and like having the crack and, you know, it's, yeah, it's a great testament to you. I'd say if you, if you met me before 10 o'clock in the morning, no, I'm usually like a bear. <laughs> yeah. I, need, I need a cup of tea or coffee to get going in the morning person but generally we got <laughs> any that's yeah. a good tip now to any students listening don't approach Owen before 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> or bring him a nice posh coffee when you do uh, just it might explain a few it might explain a few things <laughs> so um, Owen, what's your funniest um moment in veterinary so far like was it a call out or is there anything that sticks out in, in your mind it's it's just hard to say do you ever find when when you're talking about funny moments that at the time it wasn't funny at all and it's only looking back <laughs> yeah well, maybe it was funny mm-hmm. so like uh, i definitely remember one time when i was an um when i was an intern and like it definitely wasn't funny at the time but i, I got a call and um, bestie it was around half seven I'd say and um a professor had arrived with his bull uh, and I it was I wasn't out of the bed yet so but I got a call a bull had arrived had broken out was in the back yard by the time I got down the bull had broken out of the UCD and was gone up this large jewel carriageway <laughs> a, a Charlie bull so, <laughs> so so we went off and after him we went all we went, ran up after him a couple of us we and a couple of other young, younger fellas and um, we chased him all the way up to Strong Joel Carriage up about at least a, a good kilometre anyway. Uh, he broke a, he broke a wall trying to jump it. He actually drove um, two blocks off the top of a wall. And uh, we managed to turn him. And the police had stopped the cars at the very top um, a good bit up mm-hmm. now, nearly as far as the hotel, I suppose. And uh, so then we got him over to the, this near side, the UCD side of the Joel Carriageway. And um, we're getting close to him. And eventually I... He went into bushes. I went in after him, and I had him by the tail at one stage. But then he he was dragging me as fast as he could, and I was shot. I had him by the tail. I had him by the tail. Um, <laughs> people said it was very funny looking at me, anyhow. But he, he, he was, and it was I had to let go because he was about to drive me. I was nearly, oh I was nearly like Superman. He was, ne- I was nearly off my feet, like, <laughs> running at full speed, because um, he was only about a year and a half because he was well able to run. Yeah. <laughs> He, he was absolutely dangerous. He got back into UCD then and he went up towards engineering and we were jumping out of the way because he was actually dangerous. He was gone. So we, we, we got him up around engineering and then um, we had to bring up uh, some way to try and calm him. So they sent to the zoo for someone with a dark <laughs> so, so 
while we were waiting for that, then they sedated a cow and got brought a cow up towards engineering to see would a sedated cow come out better can him. When he saw the sedated cow, he burst out again. We got a dark, two darts into him and got him down. down and just the, the Gardaí were mad. Oh my God. <laughs> the Gardaí were mad. <laughs> was there was one, lad, one classic lad, a farmer's son, saying, Oh, that would never happen if there was a hole this time. But, you know. <laughs> that, that was that was funny looking back, but it was amazing that no one got killed or injured. Oh God. He, he, I said the health and safety you know. statements for that was yeah absolutely <laughs> oh my God. like what you said but like we were lucky probably was early in the morning is this like with the cars and, absolutely yeah. yeah like yeah like it's unbelievable that he didn't he didn't smash a car outside didn't run into somebody's house um didn't didn't definitely should have killed someone over near engineer anyway like people were jumping i remember at least three people that he was it within a foot off and they'd jump and like just to try and get out of him like we were had to we had to shout at people to get out of him. <laughs> they didn't know what was coming you would know, be looking down at a laptop or reading oh. paper and you wouldn't be expecting a bullet to be oh, running <laughs> oh my god so, yeah, and they're engineers and know I hit them that's what I was going to yeah. say the people in engineering are going Jesus that veterinary crowd are mental all together oh. what's going on over oh. there why do they have to come over here yeah <laughs> that's it yeah so like it's just amazing like when you get a when you get a bull that's that's a bit of a while and mm. just one gate was left open. That's it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Oh, I'd say I'd say there's good fun up in UCD every um every week. I'd say with the different rotation groups and uh, there's good crack. There is, yeah. There's good. There's good crack. There's a good. Uh, we have a nice sort of a, an atmosphere. We try to have a nice atmosphere yeah. anyway. An atmosphere. People. Um, don't feel under too much pressure and they can talk and they can ask questions mm-hmm. I think that's the main yeah. thing. We, we try and we try and teach with with a bit of praise you know and positive reinforcement as much as we can um, and try not to be too hard and too negative yeah uh, yeah that, gener- generally speaking I think I think facts is um is well thought of and people enjoy yeah, it. definitely get that vibe anyway um we, we, try to, we try to let them do as much as they can. It's actually a bit. It's actually a difficult thing, um, is to make sure everyone gets to do a lot before they qualify. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, because of that, it can't. It can't be emphasised enough how important seeing practice is. Going out with vets like ye in practice, and you know, learning, learning there. You know, you, you learn so much doing that. I know. I miss having students. Yeah. Um, I really do um, enjoy teaching as well and, and just even giving like one or two little bits of yeah. like little nuggets of knowledge just even just to get them through like their first year or some little t- tip that I have for surgery or something and you know just to even say oh yeah go ahead there now and stitch up the skin and I'll be you know fixing the van there and, and I'll be having one eye on them but I won't be kind of yeah leaning over you know so it's uh it's it's good and I've like our farmers are great as well like they're like oh we have to we have to teach the future vets and you know they're 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 very good so I, I do miss I do miss um I mean, but hopefully now look in September onwards now we'll we'll be able to we just have a no student policy at the moment so it's uh yeah, 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 absolutely. I understand. I, understand. I think, I think, it's, hopefully, it's so I, yeah, I've heard a few practices being a little bit more lenient lately. So, I hopefully, we'll kind of, but just uh, 
I don't think we we um we had a few runs in run-ins with COVID, so we, we were a little bit burnt yeah. from it. Yeah, it's it's all down to the vaccination now, isn't it? Like yeah. you know, and I I hope I hope the vaccination doesn't slow down with any of the talk about clots and stuff. Mm. To be honest, I take any vaccine. Me too. <laughs> Hand and all. Line up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I think most people would would feel the same. You know, yeah. like, there is no vaccine that's hundred percent sure. There's not like you know, there's no vaccine that hasn't some little small thing, but it's it's nothing compared to the disease itself. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I agree. Hazel, we got some questions through from Instagram, and we're going to ask some of those. We put a question box on Instagram this morning to see if people wanted to ask you some questions. Um, right. So they were good. So let's see what we have here. Um, I have a lovely one here. Um, can, he, can he talk about his career to date? He's an incredible lecturer. Keep, um, so that's from Anonymous. But that's a nice little compliment there now for you to start us off. And your favourite animal to work on? We could probably guess that, but maybe it's, maybe it's something different. No, it is, it is still a cow. There's no doubt. Like, you know, it is still, it is still a bovine. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Um, I know more about them and they're, uh, they're, they're, they're robust, you know, they're robust animals. Like, um, in, in some ways it's nearly easier to, to, to mention the animals that you, you, you have least, <laughs> you least <laughs> to work on, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, I'd have to say that would be alpacas. We see a, a sight of alpacas these days and, uh, I, I actually, they're, they're all right. Like, but, uh, God, some of them are not that nice, not that nice as animals compared to cows. Like, you know, like cows are lovely. Sheep are okay. <laughs> um, don't horses. worry, don't worry, Owen. You don't have to. Horses are horses. Are like I like horses. But, I like horses, but um, goats are nice. goats are nice as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, p- pigs are be okay only, and alpaca is not the best. I don't think. <laughs> Cow number one, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what else do we have, Michelle? How many slides are in his shortest PowerPoint? Maybe that's an inside. <laughs> Total writing less than 100 anyway. There wouldn't be anything less than 100. The, probably most, the longest have been uh, 250 odd or maybe. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I, I know it's a, big, it's, a big, it's a big problem I have. Um, <laughs> and I, I will apologize profusely. <laughs> I'll apologize profusely. As, as I know, as, as a student, it must be disastrous, yeah. especially. I these. think that was a jest. Um, and yeah. actually, I don't know, I find it terrible hard to do, a, to do a pre-recorded lecture. That makes it actually worse for me because I have so many slides. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in, in a live lecture, I can go through a lot of slides quickly. But not in a, not a pre-recorded. So it must be terrible at the minute to be taking my lecture. So I would say another compliment. Absolute legend, uh, guest. Looking forward to listening. That's right. Yeah. Um, best moments with the UCD vet rugby team. Any wonder tries from Owen? I, I've never scored a try. Um, <laughs> as they know, I'm not the fittest, unfortunately. No. Um, but uh, the, we we bet Vincent and Vincent's twice. They were the they were the moments. They were the good ones. Oh, they were fantastic, fantastic. Um, it's actually it is great still to, to 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 be able to play that, and it's the it's one of the worst things I missed during COVID. We missed out in last year's um, cup, and we actually have a great. There's a great bunch of lads there in the college at the minute, and mm-hmm. they could have won it last year. You know, like uh, definitely. So I hope I hope it's going to be going ahead, going ahead this uh, this autumn as well. The hospitals cup, if it is, and if we yeah. get to the final. 
we'll be sending out a ray there and trying to get all the vets there and have a I think another vet space outing maybe audience there huh another vet space outing maybe to that oh definitely yeah <laughs> if, we were, if we were in a final we'd have to bring <laughs> a thousand people anyway definitely <laughs> Michelle and I on the sidelines doing interviews <laughs> it would be fantastic yeah <laughs> And we've we've won here from the topical vet, Dara. I think it's a it's a, probably an in joke. Is it true you once out once outbenched Tig Furlong in a house in Woodbine? And uh, no, I, I I out I outbenched Brian Burke, and Brian Burke is a strong man there from Gutley. <laughs> the fellow of the year, Brian Brian outbenched me, so it was, that was it. Yeah, uh, uh, sure. it was good actually that night. I think I outbenched a few people that night. All right, um, in my younger days, but. Um, yeah, that was a good night in Woodbine, all right. <laughs> and were you once on a Today FM ski trip as well, Owen? I was, I was, yeah. There was, was something about karaoke mentioned here by... Eamon and, and all of us, that was just about 20 of us there. And a particular shout out there to Conor, Conor McCarthy, or as known as Mac. Um, so basically, um, we... we we were out there on one of these today FM skiing holidays and um we were just you know after the Apri ski mm -hmm. we're just on the way it's walking back and we're just singing in the middle of the night we're just singing <laughs> so we, we, were, we were heard singing outside and we were approached in to sing for the today fm by one of the radio people <laughs> so that, we, we were approached by we were singing there is an idol you know, which is, I don't know if any of you know that song, There Is an Idol, it's, it's a rugby song, a Shannon or Gary, Shannon song it is. And basically you have someone usually who leads it and then you have a chorus, a chorus of that. So there's a big 20 bunch of us, you know. So um, so I was leading the lads and all, we were all singing in the chorus mm -hmm. together. So it is a great song if you have a big bunch of people. Um, but that one then was Monday or Tuesday and we had to sing at sing and read on friday morning so by friday sure i was horse as hell you know, you know it's like a skiing holiday five nights of drink and no sleep and it was terrible well, <laughs> and i got disasters on, on the day but but um uh, everyone just texted in all the veterinary community and uh, and basically won it for us. <laughs> but uh, free holiday, but um, not deserved. Thanks to everybody. Well, that is one thing I, yeah. I know about you anyway, uh, Oni, but great singing voice. And I've heard you singing on a few occasions. So I've, I I know my, I know a good voice when I heard, when I, when I hear it. So. Uh, yeah, I definitely wasn't good that day though. I can so, Owen, I think we, we'll do that now instead of the, the quick fire round, because I think we got some good stories yeah. there. Um, and people were very good to message in. And um, we said that we put up a question box uh, to have all your fans, um, you know, ask ask the questions they want to ask. So um, there's a lot of them out there. But Owen, thank you so much for coming on the Vet Space podcast. Honestly, you've been delighted. And I think, as Michelle said, we we both probably needed to hear some of that stuff today um, about relationships and and friends and and keeping everyone close. So it's, uh, yeah, and we've had some good laughs as well. So thank you yeah. so much. Thanks a million. It's a pleasure and an honour, an honour to be asked. And you're doing great work, the two of you. So thank you very keep much. it up, keep it up. I have one last question. Do you have a lightsaber in your sword collection? 
I've been looking for a lightsaber. No, I don't have a lightsaber. Hazel is like, oh my God, one geek to another. How did I get stuck? So it's quite like a lightsaber, um, but it's not a lightsaber. For people, um, you know, listening to this, just, yeah. What would you call that type of sword now? Uh, that, that's, that's, that's just, uh, it's a mock samurai sword. Oh. And if another one in there. Mm. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Brilliant. No problem Thank at all. You. Thanks for doing it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Vet Space Ireland podcast. To find out more, go to vetspaceireland.ie. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on Apple iTunes. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and also Twitter and give us a like and tag us uh, while you're listening to the podcast.